It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Your daily Auburn Tigers podcast presented by Fetch Me Delivery. This weekend on Friday and Saturday nights, they deliver until like two in the morning, which is awesome because no one wants to leave their house that late. At least I don't anyway. And they make it where you don't have to, despite how hungry you may be. They will take care of you. Download the free Fetch Me Delivery app. Or you can go online at Fetch Me Home Delivery if you're just like anti-app for some reason. I don't know. There's people that are opinionated about all kinds of stuff these days. So if you uh, if you just want to go to the website, FetchMeDelivery.com. And if you've never used Fetch Me before, you can use promo code uh, FetchMe20 for your first delivery free. They're quick. They're fast. They're friendly. They're the best in the business. Fetch Me Delivery. The app or fetchmedelivery.com. Zach Blackerby, Michael Pappas, Painter Sharpless here with you. Michael, hello. Hello, Zach. Hello. How are hello. things? Happy Friday to you, man. They're good. Happy Friday. It's a big weekend. A big, big weekend. Yeah? Is that sarcasm? No. I mean, outside of Auburn basketball, there's really not a whole lot happening, I think. I mean, that's true. I think last weekend was a big weekend. Yeah, you're right. Because it's like, all right, it's not quite time for bowls yet, so it's just like, we're just kind of chilling. We're just kind of chilling, and there's nothing wrong with chilling. And we're joined by uh, the king of chilling, Painter Sharpless of ESPN 106.7. What's up, buddy? That's me. I like that name. It's not succinct, but I am the king of chilling. <laughs> so there's that. How are we doing? Oh, uh, I, I caught the tail end of... Are we deciding about what this weekend means in terms of entertainment? Well, Michael said it was a big weekend, and I'm just not buying it. I'm just not buying it a whole lot. Michael, hey, are you fibbing? You haven't been on uh, the show since the hire of Chad Morris, Painter, and I, I want to get your thoughts on that. I'm into it. Look, I think the main thing here is there's no such thing as a guarantee. Uh, this one's interesting to me. People keep pointing to the Will Muschamp hire and, uh, and how that one wasn't, as I think, as good as we thought it might be. Here's what I'll say about that. These are two totally different scenarios, and the the offense that Will Muschamp took over wasn't a good one. Um, So I don't think that's a fair comparison for a number of reasons, whether it's the talent that they took over. uh, You know, and and when I look at what Morris's skill set is and what he's been able to do and some of what he ran in the past at Arkansas and SMU and in high school, an area of strength of his, even though the the philosophies are similar, is the passing game. And, And there has been a lot of conversation about will he want to be the primary play caller. I think I think Coach Morris is aware of what's going on here at Auburn and, and why Gus is wanting that responsibility, why it's important. But I think he's going to have real input, maybe uh, more so than what Coach Dillingham had, if you believe Coach Dillingham didn't have enough. So, so you don't think he's calling the plays? I'm not going to say he's not going to, but I, I, would, I think he's going to. I would expect at this point for uh, Coach Malzahn to hang on to that, but there have been some reports about him and Coach Morris working through what it's going to look like. So it's not off the table. We asked uh, Voice of the Auburn Tigers, Andy Burcham, earlier in the week. I I asked Andy, do you think that was discussed going into this hire before it was agreed? And he didn't know the answer. And you know, it's going to be tough to to get a true true ruling on that. But I'm curious to see, like. Was that discussed beforehand? Are you know both of these 
I'll call them both alphas in regards to, to calling offenses just based on their track record for both of them. How do they coexist? I don't think it's going to be an issue, but I do think it'll be fun to watch, see how it develops and how it happens. Yeah, and uh, Nathan King, who writes for Rivals, he said uh, uh, he tweeted out a story and said that Chad Morris will have, quote, a lot of influence in play calling for Auburn's offense next season. I certainly believe that. Like, Mm -hmm. either way, even if he's not given the title of play caller, I think that's going to be the case. So you, you think that it's pretty likely he takes on the responsibility as primary play caller. And, of course, Gus has big influence in Gus's offense, but sure. but that it's not just going to be a you'll have help. It's going to be this will be your job. I mean, this is such a home run hire. I mean, you're not going to get a guy with this offensive mind fall into your lap very often. And it was like a as soon as it happened, I mean, the writing was on the wall. This was just a no brainer. And so I think I think it was a no brainer for a reason. I think the relationship is important. And and here's the thing. If Gus Malzahn does call plays for the 2020 Auburn Tigers, there will never be a situation in which he is not calling plays because this is the uh, this is kind of the perfect time for him to say, "Okay, I'm the uh, I'm the CEO. I'm going to kind of have an offensive guy that I think is really good. I'm going to have a defensive guy that is extremely proven and is very good, and I'm going to kind of be involved with both game plans, and we'll see what happens. If it doesn't happen this year, it's it's just never going to happen. So. We will see. We will see. And of course, there's politics involved in all of this. And, you know, there's there's so many rumors out there to what's true and what's not. But there there are a lot of folks out there that were very heavy on Gus, especially during the lulls of the offense throughout this year before he beat Alabama, where it was, okay, Gus has got to bring in an offensive coordinator to call plays. Does that go away because of one game? I don't know. I don't know. It'll be uh, it'll, it'll be fun to see this offseason. Yeah, I don't really a- agree with that last thing that you said or that people say what do you mean that Gus needs to bring in an offensive coordinator to call plays you you didn't hear people saying that no I I did okay I disagree with the statement I do too uh Auburn's offense had a lot of issues this season obviously Uh, they did improve from last season they got better Gus I thought, with really with the exception of the Oregon game, I thought that the actual plays that were called were were pretty good in in, in most situations. I thought his play calling was pretty good. There, I agree I outside you, of you Florida. Could, yeah, I, I think you could quarrel with Florida, and you know what? I definitely would agree. With, like the Oregon game, especially. I remember. I think it was in the red zone. He pointed to a and was yeah. critical of himself. Like in the past. We've seen him just sort of skate over those things. Mm-hmm. And in the post game after Oregon, which is easier to do when you find a way to win it, let's be yeah, honest. But since true. they won the game, he was like, yeah, it, we. if I could have redone that red zone play calling, I would have. That was after uh, Big Cat's huge fumble recovery, right? And they yeah. kicked a field goal after three plays from the seven or something. But, but in the LSU and Georgia game, I think it's execution. And some of that obviously falls on the coaching staff because it's your job to get players ready and to make sure that but mm-hmm. all that said, like they they can only do so much. At some point, if you set the players up for success, they have to execute. So it doesn't absolve him. But I, I didn't think play calling was the worst problem for the offense. This episode of the Locked On Auburn podcast is sponsored by Blue Chew. Guys, remember the days when you were always ready to go? BlueChew.com. That's blue, like the color blue. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra. 
and Cialis. If you could benefit from more confidence where it counts, Blue Chew is the fast and easy way to enhance your performance. Blue Chew is prescribed online by licensed physicians, so you don't have to go to the doctor's office or wait in line at the pharmacy, and it ships right to your door in a discreet package. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code, code C-O-D-E. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's Blue, B-L-U-E, Chew.com, promo code, code to try it free. Blue Chew is a better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months, or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Michael, it sounded like you had other uh, other things when I when I was kind of rambling about the the Chad Morris um, as far as the relationship with Gus Malzahn and calling plays. Did you have anything else to add to that? Yeah, I was just going to say, you know, we've seen Gus do the CEO role before. Um, we've seen it. A little bit with Lashley, and then and then with Chip Lindsay, and this season Gus more, more so with Lindsay. Yeah, yeah. And this season Gus, you know, he bet on himself. Um, I think it paid off for him. The offense did improve. They I won nine I games. Do you, I mean, do you think? Do you think if he wasn't calling plays, the the win, you know, the wins and losses would have been different? Because I, I uh, maybe not. I, I still think they're nine and three, regardless. You know what I mean? Yeah, that could be true. Maybe they lose the Iron Bowl. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Painter, do you think if if Malzahn didn't call plays this year, whether it was Dillingham or just, you know, a average offensive coordinator, do you think Auburn is still nine and three? The only big difference I could find might be in the Florida game, and I'm simply not convinced it was a bad enough job that that is what lost in the floor. Like turning the ball okay. over four times against Florida is probably more important than a couple of bad play calls. Okay. So y'all like what what's the consensus here? Is there are we thinking there's a game or maybe even two that change with a little bit of a different offensive philosophy? Yeah, I mean, I just don't know if you beat Alabama. You know, does an average guy beat I mean, that was a great called game by Gus, but then again, it seemed like everything they did worked. I don't know if that was play calling or I if think, Alabama's defense. I think defense you're right stunk. to give him credit. I think you're 100%. This I is think the, we should. the third time he has managed to do this as a head coach in the fourth in his career. And, you know, I, it's pretty obvious I got a little bit of a man crush on Coach Saban. I think I talk more highly of him than some Auburn fans would prefer that I do, but I think he's an incredible coach. And when you look at the results, very few coaches have been able to beat that guy, but especially to beat him more than once. And when you start getting into that category, the coaches who have done it are really good. So I, I think you're right to give him some credit in saying that they may not win the Iron Bowl without Gus Malzahn leading yeah. it. It's pretty unlikely, actually. Michael, do you have any more thoughts, boss? I'll be pretty surprised if Morris calls plays. Okay. I think a lot of people would. I think a lot of people would. Hey, let's go to some voicemails. You can call the Locked On Auburn podcast voicemail machine, 205-502-4285. It would help us out a ton. We're going to pre-record a, a few episodes next week, so you guys keep getting daily shows on all things Auburn over the Christmas break. So once again, 
ask us a, a timely or a non-timely question, rather. 205. See, this has been fun. I'm sorry to interrupt you, no. but like I've really enjoyed this part. Like, I, I did not know what the feedback would be, and you guys have really done a great job with that, which makes the show more fun. Yeah, yeah, it, it helps. It helps you kind of get involved. If you've got a question, you're not into Twitter or anything like that, it's, uh, it's an easy way to do it. So 205-502-4285. Hey guys, <laughs> always gotta start off with that one. All right, uh, this one's uh, this one's about the Morris hire. Morris, guys. As far as Chad Morris being hired, I think it's a great thing. Sure. For recruiting, yep. for overall knowledge of football, I think no one can argue he was exceptional at Clemson as the OC, and his offenses at SMU were good. Some of them even borderline great. He was successful at Tulsa as an OC. I think this is a good hire. I also think everybody needs to realize it's Gus's offense. Mm-hmm. It's going to be Gus's offense. He's bet he's betting on himself this past season, and he's going to bet on himself in the future. I think. So I still think it's a good hire, good for recruiting. But if you think Gus is giving up play calling duty, I don't believe it, man. Warriors guys, have a good one. So he agrees with you guys. I mean, he kind of just said uh, everything that we've said so far on the show. And I'd like to hedge just a little bit, uh, which you're not supposed to do in radio, by saying that I totally believe that there's a world in which Chad Morris could be the play caller. But it is my belief that after the way things went in 2018, that until they get him to not be the head coach, that they will also not be getting those. And I use they kind of cryptically. Like he could just be like, oh, you know what? Let's, let's Let's let another guy who's had success do this. But I... I really feel like you don't have to make that that switch in responsibilities to have a lot of success with Morris. All right, let's see. Uh, Anthony, it looks like this is from Anthony. Hey, Zach, this is Anthony from Clarksville, Tennessee. And, uh, hey, first Anthony. Thing, uh, <clears throat> anyway. Nice. Question nice. I've got for you guys is, um, <laughs> do you see any offensive uh, staff changes now that Chad Morris is on board? And if so, who do you think is most likely to be the first person to go somewhere? Anyway, love the podcast. Listen to you guys daily. Keep up the good work. Where you go? Hey, thanks so much. It's interesting. We get a lot of voicemails from Tennessee, which is mm-hmm. interesting. Um, I think he's a, Chad Morris. The answer to the question is Chad Morris. I think he's basically. Uh, it sounds like he's on our way, but I don't think he's expecting anyone to get forced out. The only way I see someone leaving is if they get some sort of promotion. The guys that I think are do a promotion or a better job somewhere else are the offensive guys, or the Auburn guys that I just don't think are going to leave right now. I mean, Travis Williams, he will eventually be a defensive coordinator somewhere. I think it's possible if you're him, you've got your eyes on the Auburn job. Kevin Steele's not going to be coaching forever. Uh, selfishly, that's what I want to happen. Yeah, I think it would be a great move for him and for uh, for Auburn. I think Cody Burns is could, do a better job somewhere. I think he's the only you one. Can, off- you can say it out loud. I you think can he's question the only the one show. offensively that would that would be, and I don't think he's leaving at the moment either. Right. Like I, I don't think you're going to get Grimes going anywhere. Although you, you never know, he's surprised us before. And then certainly like Cadillac, I think that's pretty safe to assume he'll be here for After another his year first or two. Year, right. Yeah. And uh, Morris, I think, is probably a one to two year guy more than likely. And then maybe he tries his hand back at head coaching. I, I don't really see anybody on the staff leaving unless they just get an offer they can't turn down. You know how, Cody? I'm just surprised because I feel like I don't hear that much about Cody Burns and then like and then I'll hear like, oh, I think he's gonna he could leave. He could get an O C job. He could get something and I'm like, oh, okay. And like, I think that's it. I think Cody's strength is recruiting and I think his scheme is really good. I don't think he's a good receivers coach. So I think his value is from 
him being a part of the offensive game plan, constructing that week in and week out, and I think uh, getting talented kids to Auburn. I think he's good at those two things. I don't think he's good at coaching wide receivers. And I'm going to be fair here. I just don't know. Like This is not something I have an answer to, but it is my belief that Auburn is going to, and generally speaking, Coach Malzahn just has not had a ton of turnover. There's a few ways to look at that. You look at Alabama, everybody's constantly poaching Saban's assistants. Do you love Nick Saban? Yes, <laughs> King. But, um, you know, on so on the one hand, it's like, all right, people, you're doing a great job, clearly, because people want what, whatever it is you have. On the flip side, it makes things difficult. And Auburn does not have had to deal with that turnover a lot. So I, I don't think, if I had to bet this time next year, this is what the staff on both sides of the ball will look like. All right, we got another voicemail when we come back on the Locked On Auburn podcast. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. All right, this one's uh, this is a question about the defense. We knew coming in was going to be the strong point of the defense. I wanted to see what y'all thought. The second thing that really took the defense over the top this year was, I, in my opinion, I think you know a lot of credit should be given to the defensive back coaches yep. and Kevin Steele yep. for how well the defensive backs played in the right positions uh, and were in the right areas all season long and made the one-on-one tackles. I really think that's what really set the edge and uh, took us over the edge. Thank you, guys. So the first part of that voicemail got cut off, I believe, and, and I think the gist of it was you knew the defensive line was going to be good. What was the second? And, and he thought the defensive backs. Painter, you said yep during the call. So Auburn's defensive line will not be elite next year, but it's going to be good for a number of reasons. One, the way they've rotated, the way they've recruited, and if you just want to be a little bit more vague, until Rodney Gardner trots out a bad unit, as I've been saying for the last few months, I'm going to not second-guess that guy. So Mm -hmm. he just gets the benefit of the doubt. But you are losing a likely top-five draft pick, um, Marlon Davidson. Top-50 pick. Yeah, so, all right, that's tough. I don't know what Nick Coe does. I suspect he comes back, but he's got... I don't think he's on the team next year. We'll see. I, I, I don't know, but I, I say all that to say, look, those are three super talented guys with NFL caliber, obviously. So the defensive line takes a step back, but if you're taking a step back from elite to good, you'll survive. Linebacker group, fantastic. So to the point of the question, the secondary, well, now you're looking at losing some experience. Javaris Davis, Jeremiah Denson, Daniel Thomas. I think Auburn fans are going to love these younger guys that they've seen a good bit over the last two years. Now it'll be their time. Smoke Monday, yep. Damian Sherwood, Roger McCreary. This is going to be a Sheffield. Yes, this is going to be a good Christian Tutts coming back. Good defensive backfield combined with a real strength at linebacker. I mean, Michael Harris was a good player. There's a reason why he decided to transfer. I don't think that it was because he was unhappy. I think it's because you realize with Owen Papo, KJ Britt, Zacoby McLean, you're just not going to get much opportunity. Owen Papo. Being as good as he is and being younger than Michael Harris really threw off his track to play. Which has time. to be frustrating for Harris, and you understand why. You're like, I'm pretty good myself, but that guy's a freak. But then you watch number 10 run around. It's yeah. like, you can't, you got to put him on the field. Uh, I think the caller hit the nail on the head tackling. It's tackling. Yeah, that's true. Um, uh, we see all the time 
teams that have great defenses or very talented defensive players and they can't tackle. Mm -hmm. Um, Auburn, you could argue that Auburn's defense wasn't one of the more talented ones outside of the defensive lines with the inexperience and linebacker. Your best corner is a guy who's only played corner for a year and a half. Um, to your point, too, Michael, I think in that in games against Alabama and LSU, two teams where, where folks struggled. Tackling. Yeah, and, and Auburn look, Auburn wasn't job. flawless in getting Jalen Waddle to the ground, but uh, I think all in all, they decided to not let a top-10 draft pick Jerry Judy beat them, and, and they lived with that, and it worked. Yeah, they the problem with Waddle was they couldn't touch him <laughs> when— Gosh. When they got, yeah. Speaking of tackling. Conversation that Ruggs might be coming back a lot because Waddle has to come back. So it's like, oh my God. Uh, I saw a list that had Ruggs as the number two receiver in the draft and Judy as the number three. I don't so think if that's the case. I'm surprised. Yeah, I, I look, I don't know. I don't I'm think a lot of a lot of draft folks I follow on Twitter just gush about how much they love mm-hmm. Ruggs. Yeah. Like, so where that, was that all year? So it's interesting because Suttles and some other guys have talked about kind of hesitantly about which Alabama because there are some rumors about some really good players coming back but all of those stories have come with the caveat of look no one really knows what they're going to do between now and the bowl game but if if they do come if Ruggs and Waddle come back I don't think Tua comes back even though there are whispers of that it just it's hard to believe he would come back even with that injury I think it's a lot of wishful thinking from Alabama for Tua to come back by the I, way, Mac Jones pretty good. He looks good. I mean, the small sample size we've seen. I mean, he he gave Auburn's defense fits. Also, the kid uh, Bryce Young, the guy they've got coming in from Matter Day in Los Angeles, they'll yeah. have him until he transfers to USC because he has to. If you play quarterback at Matter Day, you have to go play quarterback at USC. It's like cool. <laughs> okay, all right, yeah. So are we? Oh, and I. So we disagreed a little bit about Noah. I think I like. I totally could see him getting a chance going pro, but I. So I think you thought he was gone. I was a little bit more doubtful. I have not seen him on as many boards. Have you, has that changed at all? Like, or am I just missing him? Am I not looking in the? I had wondered if if he was a guy that would also benefit from because he did have a good year. Mm-hmm. I, I I still think he's gone. I I think he's gone. Uh, just looking at guys leaving early. You know, I mean, we, we've talked about Prince Tega. He's not going to be on the team next year. Derek Brown, Marlon Davidson. Those are the obvious. I I, I don't. I don't think Nick Coe is playing at Auburn next year. I don't know if he's going to the league or if he's transferring. Uh, so I, I think those are your losses. And then I think Noah I think Noah does leave. Okay. To, to answer your question, uh, that's still my guess mm-hmm. there. If he comes back, it's going to be huge. It's going to be huge for Auburn. And, I mean, you're looking at a potential. Um, well, you also the, lose Javaris in both your starting safeties. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. And, you know, I, I think Javaris gets drafted. I don't know about the. Uh, Denson and Thomas? I don't know. I don't know. I, Thomas doesn't. I don't think. And then Denson might, maybe. He's a box safety, so there's a million box safeties. That's, and this that's is, the I think, issue. I think also a particularly yeah. deep defensive back class. I don't know that. Just based on what you've read, I've yeah. read this. I have no idea. Uh, can we talk about something really quick? Sure. Uh, Grant Delpit won the Thorpe Award last night. Some of those absolutely awards, ridiculous. Well, some of those awards are in name based, especially it feels like the linemen, because it's like how many of us are really paying attention to the linemen, and that that is a little different, especially but, with the defensive guys. I get your point. I don't disagree with you at all. But Delpit went into the season as he had some of the most name cachet of any defensive back. If you're a preseason All American, you just have a a natural. He's advantage. the third best defensive back on his own team. 
So I will say, so like, I, I don't. I don't know about the other guy. I know Stingley was statistically. Stingley is a true freshman who's going to be an All-American. And objectively, he had one bad game, and it was because he was man-covering Devontae Smith the entire game. And Christian Fulton looks like he's going to be a top-ten pick, and Grant Delpit couldn't tackle anyone this season. So Delpit had an up-and-down year. I want to give him some credit in the back half of the season. Like, he has improved. And, and also, I think that defense just was dealing with some injuries. I get it. Your point is valid. Why did that guy like it's almost like they're giving the award to him based on what he's done in the past, which is incidentally, no one wanted to do for Daniel Carlson Mm -hmm. because that sometimes the awards are cumulative like we they may not have had the best. Whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. I know you're not about to hate on Zane Gonzalez because that guy has carried my fantasy team this season. I'm just saying. Painter really cares about your fantasy team. I can tell. So, like the thing with Delpit to me is that last year he was talked about how good of a player he yeah. was, and I sort of feel like there's been a big carryover effect from that. And he is good. Like he's going to be a first round draft pick. But I you just, can make a real argument this year. He's been the. You can make an argument. Yeah. He's been the second or third best defensive back on his team. So I just don't feel like he should win the best defensive back awards. What about being that's the leader of the defense? That's the best team in the country. What? Well, where does that come into play? But you could. I mean, I think it does come into play. I think if you're Michael and you're looking at the stats, yeah. you're going, "Well, you're still not the best." But that, in the locker that room, matters. I mean, he is that, crucial. Well, I don't. It, it, these awards matter because are you we about want, to argue this? Are you about well, to argue I was he's say, not the leader of the defense? But you, I mean, you don't know. I, we don't. We have no idea if he's the leader. He of the has defense. to be though, but because of he, age, yeah. because of his talent. Like, I don't see a scenario. Even if he was a quieter guy, I have no idea what his temperament's like. Leader by action, if you want to go with that cliche. And I, listen to Coach O talk about him. I've never, I've never heard Coach. I don't know anything about him. It's all. Oh my gosh, he really likes Grant. I'm Coach I drive home. You drive home So I think Michael like is is bringing up interesting points about these awards, which is that sometimes it does. Who would you, who would you have given it to, Michael? I don't know who else was up for it. Even that was like I all I saw was that he won that award. I saw like who won all the awards, and none of them really stood out to me. Penny Penny. Penay Sewell, however you say his name, the guy from Oregon who's been the best offensive lineman in the country all season and all of last season also won. But like, so I wonder, interior lineman Chase Young won defensive line. To your point, to your point about Delpit, would it have helped Derek Brown? I think the answer is yes. If his team only had one loss and was in the playoff, yes. it's like suddenly he probably wins one of those two awards you just mentioned. I think because the stats were there for Brown. Then you start splitting hairs. I don't know because Panay Sewell is going to be the number one overall pick next season. If it's not, it's like it's going to be a battle between him and Trevor Lawrence, and depending you might be on right, who you the might team not is. Have, but my point is that in, in terms of Delpit. And Chase Young, I mean, the guy had like a billion sacks this season. No, he's super talented. But if Ohio State's eight and four, though, he's not. He's not looked at the same way. Yeah, that would, or or that's probably or, if, true. or yeah, just switch Auburn and Ohio State's position in the playoff. Like if Ohio State is still a top ten, top twelve team. And Auburn's in the playoff. Like I think those awards get swapped. And his numbers are amazing, but like I, I do think there's an argument the fact that like Derek Brown on the defensive line, like Derek Brown didn't get suspended this year. Like I think there's definitely an argument there. It's clear but, they did not care about that. But I mean, couldn't you take the flip side though? Young still put up 16 and a half sacks and only played in, and played in two fewer. Yeah, games. And, I, and I addressed that you know with, with the question. But if you're honoring somebody for being the best at it, and it's like, well, you weren't eligible all year. That's a big deal to me. Not important to you. I, I, I think the I just I think the argument could go both ways. 
That's all. I don't care because uh, of the reason he I was hope, suspended. I think it was sort of BS. But like, but you it, still know what the rules are yeah. going into. Like, yeah. you're, you're sacrificing something for your team. But if a guy got hit with targeting and had to sit out for a game, would that would that change your opinion on whether or not he should get the award? No. No, it wouldn't. So, I mean, these are why I, I, I don't think it's the same thing. These are why awards are fun too, because it's like. Yeah, it's, it is subjective. Like you, you have to at pick the end of the one day. person out of like you know thousands of, of players. Like if you had to choose between Derek Brown and Chase Young, I which really some hope people were doing. It's like, ugh, they're both really good. <laughs> I uh, I hope Derek Brown wins the that the community Heisman? award. Like, yeah, me yeah. too. Painter, where can people find you and hear you? Please listen to the lunch break from eleven to one. That's on ESPN one zero six seven. If you are not local, ESPNAU.com and our ESPN one zero six seven app. And if it's worth it to you, I will tweet random thoughts at Paint Sharpless. Fantastic! Like uh, you losing or you needing new pants. So, Michael, I'll turn it over to you. Uh, I'm on Twitter at Couch Potato. You pants um, tweeter. You can also follow me on the Action Network if you want to take a peek at my uh, my gambling picks. I'll be on the that? lunch break for the final segment today for Free yes. Money Friday. Friday. And Friday, free money. Oh, that, that's it. Free money Friday. That's all. Fresh. Follow me on Twitter at Z Blackby. Follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Auburn. Follow the network on Twitter at Locked On College. We'll be back on Monday. This has been another edition of the Locked On Auburn Podcast. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.